and welcome back to uh, Wandering Witches. This is episode 26. I am Dustin. I'm Magdy. And for those of you that are new, if there are any of you that are new, <laughs> yeah. uh, our whole format is we just drive around and we talk about random topics, usually about uh, our neck of the woods, which is the Pacific Northwest, and the state of paganism in the Pacific Northwest. There you go. But um, what I'm finding through um, uh, the really big... Uh, social media witch groups that the problems that we have up here are pretty much everywhere Um, but we came across something that was really interesting and it was it wasn't an argument nobody got in a fight oh my goodness was that weird Um, but we had in one of the groups somebody posted something asking about the rune weird do you use it in your readings so we Dustin divines with runes I do not but I do know history history is one of my things um so we got into a discussion about what how runes were actually used in history what they actually were and divination isn't the thing yeah yeah um so my initial answer to that question is for one yes I do use runes as divination just because I I have no issue with it being a modern system, okay? I know it's a modern system, and I accept it's a modern system. Um, but I do personally use the weird rune, uh, because I believe that there is an inherent unknowable uh, information, okay? Like, you know, there are, there are either things that you're not meant to know at that time, or that, you know, you need to find out yourself. Like, the idea of an unknown makes sense to me in divination. Absolutely, it really does. And that's why I personally use it. Um, I get why people don't use it, but I personally do. Um, so that set aside, uh, the weird rune is, for those of you who don't do runes, uh, basically uh, is a blank rune, and it signifies, some people call it Odin's rune, uh, but it signifies basically uh, the unknowable. It's uh, either divine knowledge that you don't know yet that could be revealed to you later or it's just straight up the unknowable like there's no way of telling how this is going to turn out for you right um so can you uh explain a little bit for those that don't know um uh, the runes um uh, how you would actually cast for a rune reading uh also just real quick for those of you that are new to our format, we do this while driving, so there's a lot of road noises. Yep. Uh, try to stay on slow roads. We're on the highway right now, so. Ha. Um, okay, so the question, how do I do it? Uh, I personally do not do spreads, just because I feel like there's too much uh, interaction, too much chance for manipulation. Uh, so I try to keep it as much random chance as possible. So what I do is I literally reach into my bag and I, okay, well, I guess I should start off. I have a cloth that I basically have marked as a, there's a center point, okay? Like, and for me, it's not even like an actual mark. It's just the, where it's folded. I can see the center of the cloth. So the way I do it is I lay down my cloth. I reach into my bag. I blindly grab whatever runes feel right, you know? Uh, and then I will just toss them randomly. And the way I read it is... The center of my cloth is basically my question or the space and time that I'm asking about. Um, and then there, 
positioning in relation to the center of my cloth says how prevalent they are or how relevant they are. That's basically how I do it. Okay. I also I also do read reversals and upside down stuff. So okay, for those that aren't um, really versed in in the actual tool, they runes can be written on literally any substance, any hard substance. It could be wood. It could be stone. Um, it could be um, bone. Bone. It could be um, matchsticks. It could be whatever it is that feels right to you. Dustin has two sets of runes. I made him an acrylic one. Um, But he has my mother's runes because they literally pretty much zinged up his arm and attached themselves to him because of her energy. They're porcelain. Yep. They're not, and they're not uh, delicate or anything like that. They're really tempered porcelain. But they sound really cool in the bag. <laughs> they do. I, I love how they feel and I love the sound. Right. So they could be made of anything. Yep. And the rune, the rune set is um, pretty much there's there's the what, Elder Futhark. Elder Futhark. Uh, there's multiple okay, There's multiple later variations. But there's the Elder Futhark, Younger Futhark. Uh, there's like the Germanic Futhark. There's the Anglo-Saxon Futhark. There's like yeah, all sorts so of stuff. Yeah, so basically what they are is... Um, they've kind of figured out that it might be an alphabet. Yeah. Nobody is really super certain on it. Yep. Super certain. Nobody really knows because there's very little in history. This is the history of it. There's very little in history that has pointed to what they were used for. Um, they were uh, alluded to being magical because they were written on um, uh, Baldur's tongue. Froggies. Broggy's tongue, sorry, um, because he's he's a bard. He um, he spoke the stories. He spoke the history. So that that's the connection to magic. But they were never. There is no evidence that they were ever used for divination. That doesn't mean they can't be. Um, when they became a divination tool was the very first book and the very first mention was it was in 1982 yep. um, by Ralph Bloom and and it's okay whatever your divination thing if that's that's one of the things I wanted to touch on it might not be uh, you know the quote unquote the ancient way that they um, actually did divination but that doesn't mean that it can't be now. And that doesn't take away the validity yeah. of your divination tool ever. And I don't want anybody to think that just because they didn't do it a thousand years ago does not mean that right now that that is not valid. See, and like the biggest part of that too is that it's... Okay, like I, I know a lot of people probably jump me for this thought. But like my personal opinion on this is that... It's okay in this context because contextually it makes sense. It does. Because the runes are seen as magical, like in period context, okay? Right. Like there's, you know, they come from a magical source. They are used magically. Like there are literally like, you know, cases of people like inscribing runes onto things to imbue them with magical properties. Absolutely. So it makes sense. Um, and contextually, it makes sense that you could use them for divination, I guess. Okay? Exactly. That's why I have no issue with this. But um, one of the big things that people have an issue with is that 
it is a newer practice and it's like oh it's not ancient it's like but it contextually makes sense well yeah um, but see that that touches on something we've done before it's the reconstructionists versus the revisionists um, so it's okay to have a revisionist um, tool it's fine um, just you know and if it works for you that's great um, what where I have an issue is when people are judging you for it. Yeah. Um, your tool is your tool. Period. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I got two little sources here that I want to mention. Okay, like your tool is your tool. Uh, I once heard on a podcast actually about a guy that he did divination, and this guy uh, he's on a podcast and he was talking about how he was blind, and his tool he used for divination was literally pieces of just random debris he had found. Yeah. Throughout his, his wanderings, right? Like, exactly. Like, you know, he's talking about, like, I have a shell, I have, like, a random stone, I have, like, a doll's head. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, just random things I find that feel right, they go into my bag. Exactly. Like, I have mental associations with them. So your tool is your tool, okay? You can do this stuff with anything as long as it has that pull for you. Right. Um, secondly, what I want to add is uh, I, there's a, a heathen podcaster, and he has a YouTube channel, uh... I actually really enjoy I, I don't know if I should mention it or not, but like... Uh, Go ahead, give my plug. Uh, Word Weavers Productions, I think, on, on Facebook, but he, he goes by... Uh, um, wow, I can't remember the channel name all of a sudden. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he's Eric Word Weaver Sherman. He's pretty good. I like him. Uh, he's got a lot of... He, he tries to be as reconstruction as possible, but he does have a lot of his personal anecdotal stuff thrown into his practice okay right and one of the things he always talks about is uh this concept of you know you have to be comfortable with the way you do it right right yeah and that's the end of the day is you have to be comfortable with what you're going to be doing exactly and don't i i don't worry about if it's an ancient practice or not like in in regards to runes and ancient Norse practices, um, uh, usually the quote-unquote seers, however, whatever you want to call them, because there's about a thousand different things. Um, the th- yeah, they um, they did scrying. Scrying is the method. Say they talk later in in the history, they talk about casting, but they don't tell you what they're casting. Yeah, they just say casting lots. Casting lots. That could be... Um, whoever gets the shortest stick. Exactly. Whoever... Yeah, exactly. Um, in the movie 13th Warrior, there's their, their, um, their vulva that casts a whole bunch of bones and little statuettes and things like that. Cast that out there. Um, just like the gentleman that collects the things that mean something to him to cast. That's what's important is that not what the history says, but what you feel. Scrying is also really super awesome. But if runes call to you, yeah. do it. And uh, I, I totally got a little bit sidetracked about the Eric Woodbringer for Sherman thing. But I, what I was originally going to say, too, is like one of the things he talks about a lot that I fully agree with is he's like, you know, if, if heathenry had existed throughout the ages, like never had like any like dead periods, right? If it had been allowed to live and progress, it would have progressed, right? Like, it, absolutely, you wouldn't be doing, you wouldn't be practicing the same day as you were back in, like, you know, ten sixty six. Exactly. Because 
every religion on the planet goes through a, a, a growing. Every tradition. We have, um, I, I have a family tradition that I have changed certain things because this is my generation it's in. And I'm sure that our whole family's religion and tradition has shifted and changed with everybody that teaches it. Yep. Well, and see, like... And that's okay. Is it, people get really hung up on, like, words like tradition and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's... Railroad you, tracks. You have to allow things to grow. Right? Exactly. And, like, that's the thing. That's, that's how I view... The use of runes in modern day is like this is a I, I view it as a pretty natural progression. Evolution. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. It is like but I'm not I'm also not blind to the fact that it is new. I will flat out admit, like, yeah, casting runes for divination is a wildly new practice in the grand scheme of things. It is. <laughs> but, it is. But I don't think like like we've said, I don't think it makes it any less valid. No, it doesn't. And this whole thing was because that was a it was a very interesting question and a very interesting conversation because one of the young ladies was like um she goes, "Well, does that mean that you have an issue uh that you don't believe in the Odin myth or you just don't believe in the usage?" And I it was like it's not that I don't believe. Um uh, I the Odin myth is the Odin myth. There is no uh um, there's there's no disputing that. Well, see, and like the, the the dumb part about that question, I mean, like I'm not trying to say that the person asked was dumb, but like she's trying to make you sound like the bad guy here, okay? Yeah, and it's that's like what the, she did. The difference is, is like you can believe in the origin story, and like I said, things progress, okay? Mm-hmm. It's like you can believe how the runes came to be, and still believe that they can be used in the modern day. Practices. Exactly. Because, I mean, I don't know what she's trying to do, but, like, the two aren't... They're, they're, they're completely different exactly. topics, you know? Yeah, and I when I went through what I believe about that it's a very valid um, form of divination, but I also went through the history that I know with it. And then she kind of, like, backtracked and said, oh, well, I didn't know all of that stuff. So it, it turned out to be very interesting. The other thing that I would like to point out here is because of the fact that when you research it, it says that um, runes were used magically, like Bragi's tongue, um, and they are said to be used magically. But let me make a separation here. Magic, people that do magic don't always do divination. Yeah. And people that do divination don't always perform magic. Yeah. So there are people like me and Dustin that do both, but that's very rare. Just because you're a, a, a pagan, witch, whatever you want to call yourself, and you perform magic spells, and you, um, you extend yourself in a magical way, does not mean you're going to feel called, or that you should feel called if it's not in your heart to do divination. Divination is a totally different supernatural function. Yes, completely different supernatural function. There's people that never one time ever cast a spell that are the best readers ever because they have a different connection. Yeah. So I just, that was just well, something well, I wanted like, to throw out there. Like one of the other podcasts I listened to, Witch in the Medium, it's like the medium in that sense has no interest. Or I mean, like, I can't say no interest, but she's never uh, 
you know, really got into witchcraft. No spell casting and stuff no, like that, but like, but she does readings. She does readings. It's like, and yep. she's, I mean, arguably, <laughs> oh, she's funny. skilled. I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, we just wanted to have this quick talk about uh, runes because because yeah. it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, and it just to reinforce the fact that like, even if it is a new practice, does not mean it's invalid. Exactly. You just have to be. This has been our, our thing since the beginning, because we've talked about this several times, including other traditions and paths and stuff like that, is it's perfectly okay to be following a new path. Just it admit is. that it's a new path. Yeah, just acknowledge that, and and just acknowledge that this is what's going on, and that I am following a new path. And that's, that's perfectly all right. We need to normalize that, because right now there's a huge stigma. Yeah in the community that if you have anything that is not what is considered and I'm putting that in quotes considered traditional, traditional or ancient in the community um, that you're invalid at you're, I, I keep throwing out the word invalid but that's the only thing that really fits here you're, you're into woo woo not, yeah, not witchcraft exactly but 100% 100% of what is practiced now is someone's revision. Yeah. It's like it's like one of my favorite songs. They have a line in there that says, uh, you have to remember that everything traditional was once brand new. Exactly. Exactly. So make your traditions. Love what you do. Share what you do. Teach what you do. Just don't tell people Just that your path tell. is 4,000 years old. Yeah. Because chances are, nope. Yeah. It's not. So anyways, we're off to have a really super awesome day in downtown and go into some some nice little shops. Okay. So thank you for listening. And we'll Goodbye. Catch you later.